This is On and Off Your Mat Podcast, episode 114. When your outer space reflects your inner space. Have you ever noticed how a cluttered space might affect your mind? Like your focus or your overwhelm or your anxiety? How about your physical health? Today I sat down with Sherry Stein to talk about Feng Shui and how it's actually yoga for your home and how our wellness is affected by our environment. Sherry is a certified Feng Shui consultant and a yoga teacher. She uses yin, restorative, and trauma-informed yoga combined with her knowledge of Feng Shui, interior design, essential oils, and Reiki to help people improve their holistic wellness. She's also a podcaster herself for Align Expressions podcast and the author of two books, Feel Good Spaces, A Guide to Decorating Your Home for Your Body, Mind, and Spirit, and Landing on Your Feet and Putting Roots Down, 21 Rituals to Transform Your Life and Your Interior Space. As you listen today, take a screenshot of the episode and share one of your takeaways on Instagram, tagging at on and off your Mac podcast. I will, of course, reshare you, but this way everybody can read your takeaways and we can go deeper into the content of each episode we can learn together as a community. All right, let's get to our episode of today with Sherry. Hi, Sherry. Hi, how are you? Thank you so much for joining me today. I'm well. How about you? I'm wonderful. I'm just so excited to be on your podcast today. Amazing. So Sherry, for listeners that don't know you very well, can you start us off with a little bit about yourself and your journey? Sure. Um, My name is Sherry Stein, uh, formerly known as Sherry Ways, and I am a feng shui consultant, certified feng shui consultant. I am also a registered yoga teacher, and I combine these two modalities uh, together to teach people about energy and circulation and feng shui in their homes and how they can use their bodies and their health to inform the feng shui of their environments. I'm also a podcaster myself. I have uh, my own podcast called Aligned Expressions, and I am um, an essential oil educator as well. I've authored two books. Uh, One is called Feel Good Spaces, Decorating Your Home for the Body, Mind, and Spirit. The other is called Landing on Your Feet and Putting Down Roots, Transforming Your Life and Your Interior Space. And uh, that book came out a couple of years ago, and I'm working on a new project uh, this year. My company is called SBW aligned expressions. And through this company, I work to create um, feng shui environments, uh, aromatherapy for the home, linking essential oils as well as feng shui together to improve one's health. And I do Chinese astrology readings and I will be coming out with a home interior environment mentorship program um, starting in the spring of this year. So I combine all of those things through workshops, uh, through um, yin yoga classes and other uh, activities to help people understand a total lifestyle transformation using feng shui as a foundation. 
That is so fascinating. I hadn't really thought about feng shui and yoga in the past together, so I'm excited about our conversation together um, today. So before we dive in into feng shui itself, why was that something that pulled you in? Like, how did you get on this path in your life? What brought you there? <laughs> okay, I have been involved with feng shui since 2003, 2004. Uh-huh. Uh, I originally started out wanting to be an interior designer. Mm. And I was involved at that time in a spiritual community where um, the uh, a mentor of mine suggested, you know, hey, if you're going into interior design, maybe you might want to learn about this thing called feng shui. And at that time, I wasn't, I had kind of heard about it, but I wasn't sure exactly what it was. So I ended up taking some classes in interior design. And then I found this really great workshop at my design school that uh, was about feng shui, studied that. And then I said, hey, you know what? I'm going to go and get my certification. So I decided uh, to work with Larry Sang uh, with the American Institute of Feng Shui out in California to learn the classical school of Feng Shui, Compass School, uh, which is using a Chinese compass to um, ascertain the energy points of a home. And then I went on to an apprenticeship program um, in Maryland uh, with Hope Karan Garek, who was a feng shui practitioner um, in the Baltimore area and underwent uh, an extensive uh, apprenticeship program where we actually went on site. We uh, went through a whole litany of information and uh, foundations, and I just was hooked ever since. And when I started out back in the, I guess, the early part of the century of the 2000s, um, particularly on the East Coast where I live, um, feng shui was not really a thing that people talked about. It was, you know, kind of mysterious and it was kind of, kind of religion and, you know, what is this about? You know, what and it just really did not really embrace itself here. Particularly, I have found in the last 10 years that feng shui has actually emerged as more of a mainstream activity that people um, are involved in. But I have worked with so many people, residences, um, some famous people in the yoga world. Um, I won't name names, uh, where I had actually did a feng shui reading and I watched uh, their careers soar. Uh, as well as other folks that I've worked with. And then I became a yoga teacher a couple of years ago and got my certification in, in yoga. And of course, I was attracted to yin yoga and restorative yoga because that those two yoga lines are obviously um, more of, um, you know, quiet practice um, and it was more inward. And I began to really study and take a look at what are the the intersections between yoga and feng shui. And within the last year, I began studying that and really taking a look at Chinese medicine, the five elements, um, the the yamas and the niyamas, uh, sacha, for example, 
that, that speaks to the whole idea of organization, cleanliness, and all of those things. And I was like, you know, there is an intersection here, mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Um, yin yoga. And I began to kind of put these things together to really kind of look at the bigger picture of how the intersection is between yoga and feng shui. And I found so many similarities and I began to slowly put together a program within my practice in the last, I guess, 20 years in feng shui particularly, um, how can we combine these things and how can we use these two practices to help people with their health and wellness? So we're going to dive in into that intersection in a moment and into the general concepts of feng shui as well. But before we go there, just for people that are like, I don't know about any of this, if we take a step back and we just even look at the aspect of clutter, that might be something that people are more like <laughs> comfortable with and like accustomed to with in their life. Like they have a more direct experience of what clutter is. So many of us know, I know for myself, that clutter affects my mind. If my place is a mess, my mind is a mess, right? It's hard for me to focus. I get a little bit more anxiety. If my bedroom's a mess, it's harder for me to sleep. Um, so there's many things that we can have had experience of this without knowing anything about feng shui. You might feel more productive or less productive. I mean, more overwhelmed, um, you know, more avoidant, more triggered in some coping mechanism. So how does in a general way, our outer space affect our inner space? Sure. And I, I want to start out with uh, actually defining what the feng shui is first. Um, and I, I realized I didn't do that. Um, you know, feng shui is literally wind and water, and it's all about the circulation of energy and mm-hmm. um, often known as qi or qi. And um, qi circulates throughout the home. And it actually, the feng shui practice was what we call, um, I'm going to step back for just a second, the concept of yin and yang. So yin is more of uh, an inner, uh, more quieter focus. Yang is a more outward focus. And we can think about it as well in our yoga practice. There's the yin yoga and then there's the yang yoga. And the whole idea is to create energy within a space or a land that is going to give us good energy and provide us with a lot of uh, auspicious um, results, so to speak. So if we're looking at energy and the original concept of what feng shui was about was uh, finding uh, areas that was auspicious in China for burial sites. Then it became, Mm -hmm. that was the young house feng shui. Uh, in-house feng shui is about our homes, our structures. So through the years, it had gone from a yang um, perspective to a yin perspective. So 
getting to your answer to, to how the, the relationships with our bodies and our environment and, and those kinds of things. Chi, which is good energy or the energy we want in our homes, in our yoga studios and all of those things, circulates throughout and it merges with energy emitted by elements in our environment. These could be the colors of our walls, the shapes of our rooms, positions of furniture, etc. So when the chi or prana, uh, maybe yeah. that we might be more familiar with from the yoga perspective, in our bodies transmits energies, patterns from the world, from the outside, drawing us in like a magnet, life mm-hmm. situations, relationships, careers, health, that reflects the same energy patterns. So then in different life situations, having specific energy patterns of their own can send chi back to our immediate environment, our neighborhoods, our communities, and eventually the universe, right? The circle of energy is like the circle of life. So the energy of the environment, the energy of our bodies are constantly working with each other. We are constantly in balance with our environment, with the environment with us. So if we are detecting that there's a flow of energy throughout the home that uh, ends up becoming blocked, such as clutter, as you just mentioned, uh, we become stagnant, as well as the energy that's circling in our homes because of the clutter is getting stagnant. Yeah, so the clutter is like an obstacle or um, a restriction of energy in a way. It's a blockage. Mm, I see, I see. That creates imbalance, both in the energy of the environment as well as energy in our bodies. So is it like the energy in our body entrains with the energy of the environment? Like, do we align with that? Or it's kind of a ping pong where like one affects one and the other one affects the other one. Exactly. So we're aligning with that. And when we're talking about the health of our bodies, we're also talking about not only the physical health, but our mental health. So for example, clutter, let's take a look at clutter for a minute. Clutter can, can, you know, is, is, uh, is clutter of the mind. Is that cheetah fruity? You know, that we're (laughs) constantly, you know, we've got all these things going on um, in our heads. And a lot of that is reflected on spaces that we occupy that are cluttered. We have unfinished projects. We feel stuck. We feel uh, depressed. Uh, In some cases we gain weight around. Mm. What else in the body might be related to that blockage of energy like clutter? Because I think it's easier to feel like the mental aspect, but people might not be aware of like the physical reaction. Oh, yes. You know, it's it's all about looking at um, whether or not, you know, I'm going to take uh, high blood pressure. I'm going to take uh, gaining of the weight. You know, maybe, you know, a lot of us talk about the, the 20 pounds that we've gained during, you know, the pandemic and, and so forth. But we are creatures of our environment. So if we're around a lot of things that are not uh, productive for us, or in, you know, if we're in um, uh, having a lot of things around us, that just kind of makes us feel, oh, 
I just feel bad. I feel depressed. I feel down. Um, I, th- that physicality starts messing with other organs and things in our bodies. And we want to, you know, be able to um, clear things so that we can uh, be able to move forward. So if our environment is reflection of our state of mind, when our homes or our other places are uh, in disorder, our mind can start feeling the same. So when we're surrounded by a clean environment, you know, I'm going into this whole thing of Sasha, okay? Um, yeah, we have clear surfaces. We have a sense of having a space to breathe and then feeling that based on what's happening in our environments, we feel a lot better. We can breathe better. Um, And not only does having a clean place to practice yoga in or what have you, we also begin to clean and clarify our minds as well. And we become physically more active. Also, I take from, from what I have known about Chinese medicine, um, understanding the five elements and how the five elements works with Chinese medicine, we can begin to understand in the five elements again, you know, I, I didn't mention this before, but you know, this is something that a lot of us uh, learn within yoga, particularly yin yoga, if we're studying um, Chinese medicine and, and yoga is, you know, the water element, the wood element, the fire element, the earth element, and um, the metal element. And understanding how each of those work and understanding if we are having some issues around, uh, for example, the kidneys, okay? The kidneys is part of the water element and understanding what some of those issues are about the water element and using not only remedies around feng shui to increase water element in various areas. We can Mm. also do a yin yoga practice that's centered on the water element that is going to increase the chi in our bodies to be able to have a better functioning uh, kidneys, which is, you know, one of the meridians of the water element. So I'm hoping I'm not Yeah. Okay. That's, that's starting to make sense. Like it's all coming together. I see it now. So would you see like, would you say that Feng Shui is about creating balance in your home or like establishing harmony between your individual and your environment so you can harness that energy better? Yes, you got it. (laughs) I got it. (laughs) Yeah, yeah, you you got it. It's 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 balance. It's balance. And so, you know, with traditional feng shui, we talk about different cures and different Mm -hmm. ways to overcome situations. Yeah. Can you give an example? Yeah, let me um, give you a couple of examples. Um, And I'm going to try to relate this to um let's see like whether you know a blockage in your body might reflect in your home or something in your home might reflect in your body just for people yeah. to have more ideas of 
how it looks like so they can start to see and be like, oh, okay, yeah, I, like I, do, I have this in my home or I have this in my body and look at this. Like, yeah, so I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to pick two examples that I think is going to be easy for people to understand because I think most people are experiencing a lot of this right now. Let's look at stress and anxiety. Okay. Mm-hmm. So that's a big one, right? Yeah, okay. So what, what do we look for in our bodies about stress and anxiety? We feel what, you know, we might have headaches. Our body is stiff. We might mm-hmm. even pain. We may, you know, it, we know when we're stressed and we're dealing with anxiety and a lot of yeah, us. Yeah, short, short breath, kind of heart rate, a little yeah. agitated in our energy. Yeah, all these things. So we know what we're looking at in our bodies, but what do we look at in our homes? Mm-hmm. What, what is that? What is the relationship between stress and anxiety in our bodies and what's happening in our environment? So we're going to look at uh, clutter. Of course, that's number one. Um, a chaotic visual environment. So our aesthetics of our home may be just like looking at mass chaos in it. Um, we may look for um, a cold and, and uninviting bedroom, for example. You know, mm. Maybe we don't have a lot of artwork. Maybe there's not a lot of color. Maybe it doesn't feel cozy. It's just cold. We might even have colors in there that's cold or, you know, it's just a a place where we just lay our head and get up the next day. Uh, Maybe we have our home office in our bedroom, right? Um, So then there's this constant relationship to rest and work going on. Uh, We might even have uh, a disorganized kitchen. That's where we have, we prepare our food for our health. Um, Unfinished projects everywhere. If you prepare your food in your kitchen that is disorganized, that energy when you eat is also, you know, it adds like stress on your digestive system. Is that what you're saying? Yes. Yes. You know, it's just like all this, it, it, it's really, really, you know, integrated. Poor lighting, for example. You know, if you don't have a great layered lighting, system in your home, like maybe a recessed with uh, lamps and, you know, just different layers of lighting. And that kind of goes into seasonal affective disorder as well. That's, you know, all those relationships, right? Reasons why I live in Costa Rica now and not in Canada. Too much TV uh, energy in the living room. Yes. Or in the bedroom, right? Mm. I hate a TV in the bedroom. Guys, take your TVs out of your bedroom. Right. So then here's some solutions. Forming your bedroom into more of a cozier space. You know, if we're looking at this um, Scandinavian uh, concept. Mm -hmm. I just thought of that funny. Yeah. Who? You. You know, the coziness, softness, um, you know, a a nice little reading nook. Um, uh, relocating that home office out of that bedroom. Maybe if you don't have a separate space, maybe just put it in the dining room, a little more active or yang space, right? Yeah. Um, tidying up the kitchen, getting it organized, an organizational system, rebalancing your lighting, and then balance activity such as stillness, meditation, and movement such as yin yoga, restorative yoga, um, you can do some vinyasa, which is more of a yang thing, but 
I'm more of a yin restorative girl. Yeah, I think it depends for the yoga. Um, and I talk about this a lot on Instagram is that people think that when they're stressed, they need to do intense exercise where that is actually an extra stress on your body. If vinyasa yoga is really easy for you because normally you do like a heavy, you know, ashtanga practice or a power yoga, then maybe that's a step down and it feels like a really easy practice. But for many of us, vinyasa is actually pretty heating and activating in that sense and stressful in a way for your body. And you're feeling super stressed and you want to bring that more calming energy, yin and restorative or a better option if you want to be in the yoga world or it's just go on a walk or do something that's really quiet in your body so you can bring that energy that's opposite of stress. So thank you for the nuance there. Yeah, if you're going through anxiety or stress, I'm also a trauma-informed yoga teacher as well. Uh, Take a trauma-informed class. Uh, Take a trauma-informed vinyasa class. Um, I personally love vinyasa practice when I'm feeling a little bit anxious and, and stressed. Because Mm -hmm. I need to move that energy. And not only am I moving that energy in my body, I'm moving that energy in space. So actually using your body, taking yoga, going through a yoga class, Mm -hmm. you know, online or or your own practice, is actually moving that energy. Yeah. As long as it's not straining for you, basically. If it's not straining for you. Or you can just do a simple yoga nidra practice. Mm-hmm. You know, whatever is going to calm that sympathetic system into um, the parasympathetic is, is, is energy. Yeah, that is super useful. Now, here's another example. Um, insomnia. 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 Yeah. Insomnia. That's, that's a popular one. <laughs> <laughs> All right. So we know what it is. Most of us. All right. So what do we look for? You know, mm-hmm. in our home environments that may be causing insomnia. Mm-hmm. Um, EMFs, electronic magnetic forces, um, which are televisions in the bedroom, electronics in the bedroom, um, images around the house of what we call heavy or sad things. Maybe it's like are I, sad. You said like sad images. What's that? What kind of images you said? Sorry, I didn't hear. Oh, I'm sorry. Um, like heavy, um, sad themes. You know, maybe it's a lonely woman painting and she looks sad. Um, <laughs> having too much or too little color in the environment. Um, again, lack of beauty, uh, feeling nourished and comfortable and safe um, in your bedroom. If the bed is on the same wall as the bathroom, for example. The energy of the bathroom into the bedroom, you know, the bed wall where your, um, uh, your- uh, Like the head base. Yes, uh, is against. So these are things that you wanna look for. So, you know, some of the solutions, you know, warming up your bedroom with some color, you know, some, so, warm colors like yellows and things like that. Um, Other colors that are good for insomnia is blue, purple, those types of colors, but you don't necessarily have to have them painted throughout the room. Those could be accent pieces and so forth. Uh, Again, clearing the clutter. If you have clutter, for example, under your bed, big no-no. You want to keep the bed underneath the bed very clear because that is energy going into your 
laying space, um, repositioning furniture around so that there's no sharp edges pointing at you while you're sleeping, for example. Um, and last but not least is diffusing um, very comforting uh, essential oils such as lavender. Um, I have found to be really, really helpful for me in, in when I'm sleeping. Um, and again, here we can bring in the yoga, right? So yoga yeah. nidra, great way to help you fall asleep. Uh, a restorative yoga practice, for example, great way to relax the body so it can be restful and comfortable and less stressed and can you know ease into a sleeping pattern. These are just a couple of things that, that people can kind of relate to and begin to make some linkages with. What about if you have a yoga space, whether, you know, you have a, you have the luxury of having like a full yoga room in your house or like a little corner in your house where this is where you do yoga. Um, any recommendation for that or versus for the person that is a teacher that goes into the studio. And of course, they're not going to rearrange the furniture and paint the walls, but they might decide where they stand differently or like how they organize people's mat differently. Do you have any quick like recommendation for the yoga practice? Sure, of course. <laughs> so one of the, the main things about feng shui is the command position. One of the universal, what I call the universal feng shui um, ideas uh, that, that we want to um, look at. Command position is just that. You have full command of the room. You want to be able to be standing, sitting, whatever, placing your mat so that you can see who's coming into the space and who's leaving the space. Opposite of the door. <laughs> exactly. You're going to see, you know, you're going to have full command uh, of where things are. Okay. Another thing is making sure that you add uh, plants into the space. So you have a little bit of that wood element, which is also pleasing, relaxing, um, including um, pleasant sounds, you know, whether it's music or... Do the plants also bring earth element? It can. If it's on an, if it's, uh, if the plant is in a earthenware uh, pot, you know, or mm -hmm. ceramic pot. So those, those are the, is, and the, you know, of course the soil. Yeah. All those things are earth, element, right? Essential oils. Um, one of the ones that I love to um, diffuse is um, one that doTERRA has called balance mm. um, kind of creates more of a balanced feel. And it is a invigorating smell that doesn't offend a lot of people, making sure everyone is set up in their mats so that you can see everybody spaced out, giving them a lot of room, no blockages. <laughs> Exactly. So you want to make sure that you are uh, incorporating bright colors. Um, you know, you might want to incorporate some crystals, um, some nice uh, lighting that's, you know, being able to flexible lighting system in your space. So if you need to dim it for Savasana, you can do that. If you want to, you know, have it up for, you know, more of a vinyasa practice with a lot of movement you can do that. Um, and also use hues, colors that symbolize the five elements of feng shui, such as your earth tones, your whites, your blues, and your reds. Um, so 
any space that you are in, you want it to be balanced with the five elements and you want to make sure that you have a little bit of yin and a little bit of ya in the space. Um, so uh, also having statues or sculptures um, are very helpful. Maybe a water element such a, as a, um, a small fountain or something to kind of uh, create some ease and relaxation. Um, so you just want to make sure that you are creating that space in your, uh, your um, whether it's in your home or whether it's in your studio that's balanced and is a place that makes people feel welcome and mm-hmm. at ease. And that also requires your mind, body, and spirit to be in a place where you are creating welcoming environment not only in your environment but in yeah in your own energy Mm -hmm. all of those things and making sure that you're healthy and strong so what are some of your go-to tools to do just that like we talked about yin yoga we talked about restorative we talked about yoga nidra but what if there's other things that you use to create balance within harmony within so your energy flows better what what are those in your practice that's a great uh, uh, thought one of my um, <clears throat> things that I do that that creates energy and balance within me is I like to do what I call an ocean breath where I just breathe in through my nose and out through my mouth and just kind of sigh it out and I'm bringing in you know, like the ocean is coming in through my nose and it's going back out to sea through my mouth. And I always use this to practice as an anchor for my students um, to calm them as well. So that's one of my, my go-tos. Um, another thing is, um, I have to say it again, essential oils, a, a sense, having calming sense around me. And being able to do my breathing and meditation, meditation is another, that along with the scents and, you know, lavender is one of my favorites, frankincense, those types of oils uh, really help to calm me. Um, The other thing that I do is I really, I take time to keep my space cleansed energetically. So I'll use some polysanto and I not only clear my body and my energy, I do that for the space in which I am practicing it. Because for me, energy is everything. And I mean, even if we're teaching online, I sage and uh, use polysanto on my computer as well, so that I am emitting energy. Um, sometimes I also use a little bit of Reiki. I am a, a Reiki two practitioner. I'll do some Reiki on myself, um, as well as I will do some Reiki uh, around my computer, um, the space that I'm in, and so forth. And last but not least, I do bring in crystals. Um, when I teacher class, I bring in um, some of my favorite crystals for energy and protection. So um, those are a few of the things that I... Yeah, there's many options. Great. So there's many options, but, you know, again, 
you know, do what works for you. Yeah, as always, with with every, we could say this in every episode, every subject, it's like, these are my ideas, these are my, this is my experience, but in the end, you have to try for yourself and you have to decide what works for you, because that will make you want to do it again, and then you will repeat it, and it's the long term that makes a big difference. It's not because you smudge your house once that you're good forever, like your energy is going to be clear, you know, like those are practices that need to be repeated. And for you to repeat them, you have to have an embodied reason why either you enjoy them, you feel the difference. So you have to choose what works for you. There's no, there's no doubt around that. So I want to come back to one last thing, kind of going the opposite way. We talked about the, the environment into the body. But if we have body issues, particularly like, oh, I have pain in this. I always have pain in this shoulder. I always, anything, when I'm stressed, I always get pain in this hip. Like people have like really chronic pain and aches that come back or digestive issues. Or is there one example you can give that you can observe in your body and then try to look at, is there anything in my house that might be contributing to that? Wow. Okay. Um, all right. I'm going to go with high blood pressure, okay, um, which can lead to other painful things. Sure. Um, sometimes high blood pressure can bring on headaches, um, lightheadedness, um, uh, vertigo, and all of those mm-hmm. kinds of things, right? So what comes to mind for me is that electrical issues, electrical issues are, are related to the heart, to the blood, to all of these things. So you want to make sure that your electrical system, for example, is in good working order. And so, so let me, let me break down something um, that I, I probably should have mentioned in the beginning is what we call the five cardinal rules of feng shui. And, and, and if anyone doesn't get anything out of this podcast, these things you can do, and it will help you in a lot of different ways, including the health. Uh, the first is decluttering. The second, Zen spaces. Okay. Third, surround yourself with things that you love. The fourth, get rid of anything that does not bring you joy. And the fifth is creating a sacred space. And that's for yoga, for whatever. Um, Those are five things that I'd love your listeners to to leave with. Um, The other thing is, you know, getting back to your example as well uh, with a pain is, is understanding and finding out what that pain is. And, you know, getting a sense of where it's located Perhaps if you are so inclined to kind of take a look at the five elements, um, determine what the pain is, where it's coming from, from a Chinese medicine perspective. So if it's something that's dealing, say, with the bladder, or if it's something that's dealing with the liver or some other part of your body, you can go back to matching up what that five element is and then taking a look at what the element is, where and how based on that element that it relates to 
a particular uh, part of the home and then be able to back in to remedy it from there. So if you know that you're lacking or like it, the issue you have is related to the water element and then you look around your home and either there's nothing that, you know, pulls out that element or there's one area, but it's it's like blocked in a way or it's, you know, it's the energy's not moving there. This is where you would start. Is that in my understanding correctly? That's where I would start. Okay. If I have a client that comes to me and has some sort of a medical issue, I am going to go back. Now, I'm not an acupuncturist. Let me make that clear. Um, the, but I can get a sense of what's happening with them based on what I know about the about Chinese medicine, and then back into taking a look at it from a feng shui perspective. Where can we uh, diffuse some oils? Where should crystals be? What kinds of um, circulation is going on into the home? Um, looking at colors, looking at um, specific guas. We didn't even talk about that. Um, the Western School of Feng Shui, uh, Black Hat Tibetan School, um, is uh, uses the uh, Gua system, and that's nine areas of um, I call life stations, including health, and determining based on what kinds of elements those are and where certain things are, and determining through even understanding where energies are circulating in the space, um, I can go in and kind of create a, uh, a plan, um, a, a curing process for that individual based on what some of their health issues are and, you know, recommend various things um, that they can, you know, do to, I wouldn't say, I don't like the word cure, but to enhance certain areas and maybe they have too much earth energy and they need to add a little bit of something, you know, another element um, or we have uh, something that uh, if we're looking at that, that whole five element system, there are certain elements that can be used to calm another element and as well as recommend maybe a yoga practice to help the individual uh, manage um, the health issue as well. So that's that's kind of how I work with Well, thank you for these wise words and your time today. I'll put all your info in the show notes, but in the meantime, uh, what's the best place for people to find you if they want to say hello, they want to connect, or they want to look into what you offer and what's coming up in your world? Yeah, sure. Um, I My website is... Uh, www.sbwaligned.com. My Instagram is at sbwaligned. And I'm also um, Feng Shui Wellness. Um, uh, So feel free to to, uh, get on there. On Facebook, uh, I am sbwaligned as well. Um, I have a monthly newsletter Um, And I will be starting an interior environment mentorship program, uh, which is going to be a monthly program that people can subscribe to. You'll have some one-on-ones, videos. Um, We will, you know, if you want to submit your floor plan, talk about some of the issues that you're having, 
Um, I will, you know, create uh, specific programs and take a look at energy centers in your home. Um, and uh, it, it is a, a program that combines even yoga classes. It is just going to be amazing. And it opens on April 1st. Uh, feel free to get on my website and you can sign up on the wait list. Um, and uh, once that opens, uh, we'll have a, a workshop where we talk about what the program is and invite you to join. So, and you can consult with me uh, directly as well. Um, and we can even devise customized yoga practices for you as well. So this is an exciting program and I'm just so glad to be a part of it. And it's such a pleasure to be here today. Thank you. Thank you. Thank you so much for joining us. If you haven't already done so, please subscribe, rate, and review this podcast anywhere you listen. Come and connect with us on Instagram at on and off your mat podcast. Go ahead and screenshot you listening to this episode with your takeaways so we can see them too. You can also visit withribbon.com slash you, like the letter U, slash Erica Belanger to become a premium member and get your hands on all our exclusive content, including our class library. Check out the show note if you want to find more info about our guest of today, Sherry Stein, or my top five biggest takeaways from this episode. Before you go, I just want to say a last thank you to the growing team behind this podcast for their support in making this possible, and that includes all our incredible premium members. And once again, thank you for listening. Until next time.